Michael McHenry, the Program Associate at Ponars Eurasia. And with us today is Keith Darden, an Associate Professor at the American University School of International Service. Keith, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this Ponars podcast. Um, this week we had the assassination of Alexander Zakharshenko, the leader of the Donetsk People's Republic, and Russia's withdrawal from the Minsk process. Do you see any prospect of the Ukraine conflict ending? Not in the near term, uh, possibly in the medium term, but nothing, for sure nothing's happening before the Ukrainian elections in 2019, right? So that uh, Poroshenko certainly can't afford the risk of trying to negotiate a settlement now. Uh, politically, it's toxic for him. Uh, but really, I think the, the long-term prospects are also pretty dim. Uh, Ultimately, this is a structural problem of post-independence Ukraine. That there are some parts of Ukraine uh, that are intensely pro-Russian uh, and anti-NATO and anti-European, and other parts of Ukraine that are intensely pro-NATO and pro-European. And it's been very hard to assemble a coherent state out of this demography, uh, particularly when issues of you know, east-west competition come to be salient. And in this conflict, they're salient inherently, right? So this is a struggle between Russia and the West taking place in Ukraine. What might the end look like? So if it does end, I think it's going to involve the concession of this territory by Ukraine. So I don't think that Kiev actually wants the Donbass back. Uh, they might be able to have a sort of... Uh, formal agreement where these, you know, kind of a confederation where these territories are formally kept inside of Ukraine, but the government is highly decentralized, uh, so a highly autonomous region. Uh, and this has worked in other historical cases, so, you know, it's, it's plausible that this might be amenable both to the Russians and to the government in Kiev. Uh, and so if there is an end, I think it's either going to involve uh, the, the sort of formal independence of these territories and their recognition by Russia, a kind of, you know, the Georgian separatist uh, model. Uh, or it's going to involve a very loose confederation out of what is today a very centralized state in Ukraine. And that's a major shift that Kiev has been very reluctant to make. And what might be the process needed to get there? Uh, certainly a change in power in Kiev. Uh, if you're going to see greater decentralization, let's say. Uh, but it also might be, an, you know, sort of heightening of the conflict, right? So that if these areas are really, you know, let's say you have a Timoshenko elected uh, in the next presidential elections in Ukraine, and she pursues a, a, an aggressive military offensive to try and retake these territories, something that she's claimed that she would do. Uh, that's going to provoke a very robust Russian military response that could end with the actual removal of these territories from Ukraine, right? And potentially some, uh, some additional territories, right? The rest of Donetsk Oblast, let's say. Um, so that the Sea of Azov is an entirely internal sea for the Russian Federation. Uh, so that either a, a heightened conflict uh, or something that's going to change the tenor of negotiations because of a significant change in leadership in Ukraine. Uh, and 
the two outcomes would be quite different. Heightened conflict is going to lead to a smaller Ukraine and a larger Russia. And a change in the negotiating partner on the Ukrainian side in Kiev would probably lead to a more decentralized but coherent Ukrainian government. Fascinating. Keith, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Thanks for having me.